Hi, and welcome to Fashion Talks, the podcast about observing the world through the lens of fashion. I'm your host, Donna Bishop. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for choosing to spend a bit of time with me. I'm always so grateful um, that you take some time out of your busy day to listen to Fashion Talks and be a part of these conversations. I'm so humbled and grateful that you do that. Today, the conversation's taking a really interesting turn, and I'm so excited about it. Less about shopping, less about fashion, and more about the experience of shopping. Obviously, it's hard to have many forms of fashion without the act of shopping. And today, my guest is Lisa Kisper, who is a co-founder of the organization Shop Squad, and they focus on the live digital shopping space, which is, if you're not aware of this, or if, it, if it's not something that's on your radar, then you are about to get schooled because it is something that is coming for us and it is fascinating. So we talk a lot about what shopping means to us, where it sits in our collective experience. Lisa shares a lot about her um origins, which are really interesting when it comes to fashion. So let me share a little bit about her before we get to the conversation. Lisa Kisper specializes in live on-air storytelling, production, and advertorial with experience as a guest, a regular host, and having her own national beauty show on today's Shopping Choice, which if you're not aware, is a, uh, a network shopping channel here in Canada, kind of like QVC if you're in the States. She has brought sales to life nationally for almost a decade. As a resident on-air expert for Global's National Morning Show and as the producer and host of the Canadian Arts and Fashion Awards Only the Red Live Carpet Show, she has mastered the art of conveying excitement, entertainment, and key messaging. Her background in law as a corporate attorney at Paul Weiss in New York, her role as CMO for Glossy Box Canada, and her panache for all things digital has fostered Lisa's passion for telling brand stories in an exacting, efficient, and gripping manner. She's the perfect person to dive into the story of digital live shopping. Let's get to the conversation. Lisa Kisper, welcome to Fashion Talks. I'm very excited to be here with you, Donna, and I'm excited to chat fashion for as long as you want to talk fashion and shopping and all the things. So yeah, let's dive in. Well, we could be here forever and ever, but we'll give the people a break and not spend all day. And I'm super excited to dive into kind of the shopping side of things, because I know that's something where you have deep expertise and deep passions. But before we get there, I want to get personal for a minute, Mm -hmm. because I have this theory that everyone, especially those of us who work in the fashion industry, we have this moment at some point in our lives where we realize that fashion, this thing called clothing, it is more than just something to put over our bodies to protect us from the elements. It has a deeper meaning or we have a deeper understanding of it. And I'm wondering if you can hearken back into your fashionable past. And is there a moment where you remember having that that kind of epiphany of like, this is more than just clothes, it is something else? I feel like this is almost like an unfair question because I'm one of those people who remembers events in my life by, by what I wore. And also what other people were. So if I eerily remember someone's outfit, like don't get freaked out, but that's just like, I have this weird, that's how I sort of demarcate important moments in my life is through what I was wearing. Um, There are so many, and there's so many moments that where clothing either made me feel really great about myself or 
made me feel like I was reflecting exactly who I was in that moment. Um, I know a story that I can think of that was like really important to me um, was I was invited to go to grad, like the prom in my high school before I was in the actual grade. And so it was like a big deal for me. I got asked and uh, my very serious boyfriend was going to be there. So it was like a big, you know, sort of grown up moment for me. Absolutely. Yeah. And I sort of bought this dress that was so cute as an A-line velvet dress was super cute, but you couldn't wear a bra with it. And it was quite big busted. And I felt really, really self-conscious. And I remember saying to my mom, like, I bought this dress. I sort of saved up. I bought this dress and now I feel uncomfortable. And I know I'm going to feel uncomfortable all night. And it's such a big deal for me. And she was like, no problem. We'll, We'll park that dress. You'll wear it another time. I'm going to take you to this store. And there was a store in Rockland Shopping Center in Montreal, where I'm from. And it was called San Remo. And it had all like the prettiest, girliest dresses. And I was so excited to go there. And, you know, this is like an investment. This is a big deal. I went in and we tried on all these dresses. And I finally put this dress on where I felt amazing. I remember walking out and it was, it was also velvet. I guess I had a velvet thing at the time, but it was velvet. Of an era, of a very important era. (laughs) Yeah. Big, 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 important moment. Um, And it had this really beautiful chiffon on the bottom and it was short. So it was sort of like very age appropriate. It was cute. It wasn't too revealing. I felt sort of grown up without feeling like I was exposed in any way. And so I was like, oh mom, this is the dress. Like this is it. And I went back into the dressing room and the the salesperson said to my mother, you know, oh, what is this for? And my mother said, oh, it's for, you know, this school's graduation. And she was like, oh, I'm sorry, we can't sell you that dress. What? And, and I heard this from the dressing room and was like, <gasps> and I came barging out. And obviously in true teenage, you know, female form, charged all my energy. And my mother was like, hysteria. I anything. I was so upset. I was so mad. Anyway, so we went home and trying to figure out what we were going to do. I was devastated. I found the dress that made me feel like a princess and I couldn't wear it. And um, my mother called uh, my auntie Faggy. She's not actually technically my aunt, but she is like my aunt. I've known her my whole life. And auntie Faggy said, I got this. And she went to the store and she waltzed in there and sort of went, my daughter has a bar mitzvah in in Florida and I'm looking for a dress. And she sort of rifled through and she was like, it's this one and I need it in this size. And she went and she actually got me the dress so that I could have that moment um, at this event. And it really was a life event. And what's so funny is, you know, part of me was sort of like, oh, am I going to be ruining someone else's moment if they are wearing this dress? But ultimately, they had bought the dress in a different color. And I remember running into this girl, Jen, and she was wearing the same dress. And I was like, you look amazing. And she was like, you look amazing, too. I was wearing a black dress. She was wearing a white dress. Um, But it was just one of those moments where, you know, it it sort of brought together some women, different generations, who all recognize the importance of feeling your best in sort of these very, at the time, important. Obviously, in retrospect, probably wasn't as important, (laughs) but it's very important at that time. Um, Fully. Yeah. And and recognizing how important it meant and sort of going through these motions to make sure that I had that moment and that I, I had that sort of great feeling about myself when I went to this event. And I, I I really remember that. I'm still grateful, honestly. Like when I think about Faggy and I just saw her like a week ago, I'm still kind of grateful about that because it really was an important moment. And there's so many of those, right? For all of us, like these moments where the right outfit, the right style, the right sort of things coming together to help you feel your your absolute best, whether it's reflecting your mood or your personality or just fits you, you know, aces. Totally. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I love that story in the context of our conversation because it's almost like this uh, pendulum of a fantastic fashion experience with perhaps a less than awesome shopping <laughs> experience, if I may say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely was a challenge because, you know, here was this policy that I understand because the idea is you want to be, you want, if you're going to invest in a dress, you know, you want to feel like a unique individual at your event, but by the same token, you know, is that only for one person or is it for many people? And what, what makes someone an individual? Is it really the piece of clothing or is it how it all comes together? So, you know, there, there was a lot, it's layered that story. Totally layered, totally layered. So, you know, we're going to get into shop squad and a lot of the cool things that you've been doing within this kind of context of, cause you can't have fashion without shopping, whether you're in retail or, or line or, digital, you know, which you're at the forefront of, you can't have fashion without shopping. So I'm wondering what your, like, what's your history with shopping? Like, were you a mall rat? Is there like any, I know I was, <laughs> is there any kind of family history there? Like, what's your, what's your background with this act of, of shopping? Yeah. So shopping is definitely fully a part of like my my childhood and growing up, my dad was in and still is uh, in liquidation in the liquidation space. So a lot of my childhood was spent, you know, in warehouses with racks and racks of clothing. Like when other kids were going to after school activities, I was my dad would pick me up from school. So I would go to his office and it was his business. So I would literally just run free in inventory in, in the back and, you know, it, it was always something different, right? So I was always learning about how they were going to set up merchandise or move products that were from all different areas of everything, like everything. I, you know, I I remember being in ads because again, my dad needed people to try stuff on. I was in ads for like a fur liquidation, a, a sports store liquidation. At one point, my dad did a liquidation of a toy store. I was too young. My brother got to have the benefit of that one. Um, I was going to say that sounds like a mother load for sure. Um, But it it was really interesting. I mean, my dad's an auctioneer um, by trade. So as is my brother now as well. And so I grew up around sort of the auction space and understanding how an auction works, I think in a way that most kids wouldn't. Um, I remember my dad doing an auction actually at my elementary school, like at one point, like there's just, it's part of my whole life, not the least of which was he was always, especially this is, you know, pre all digital era, we had stacks and stacks of Christie's and Sotheby's catalogs. We were always looking through antiques and art. Um, and so, yeah, I think that whole idea of perusing and finding that treasure, which I think shopping can be a lot about that, was a huge part of my childhood and my upbringing. And then the fashion stuff, I mean... I remember thumbing through Vogue on my mom's floor. My mother is a well-appointed, well-dressed lady. Um, and she definitely uh, was always into it. I don't think we're the same in terms of our style, but she was always into Like that conversation was ongoing. And my dad also loves fashion. So it was definitely something that was always a part of my life growing up. You said something interesting there. I just want to tap into for a sec. As you said, like you have a, you, it, you got this understanding of what like an auction and an auctioneer is. Like, what do you think your, what's your perspective on, on that? Because I'm wondering if there's kind of a link between the auctioneer and the host of like <laughs> being on the shop yeah. TSC or, or doing digital, like what's, what's your perception of what, of what the auction and the auctioneer is? So interestingly, um, 
I basically grew up with two presenters, but from very different walks of life. My mom is a professor. She has a PhD in education like that's, but she's been teaching for decades upon decades. Um, and my dad was this auctioneer. I, I watched him in front of crowds and crowds of people. I, I've set, I've helped set them up. I've been behind the scenes. I've, I've done all kinds of, of work for him and, uh, and yeah, and watch him entertain crowds of people while still selling. So I think that that's like really there in my DNA. Um, and then by the way, also just setting up like retail spaces and interacting with consumers. Like one of my favorite things, I worked retail for years uh, at a store in Montreal called Juana Juanita. And it was like cutting edge, the coolest stuff. And it all reminded me of my dad walking the floors at the stores that they would set up out of nothing, right? Like raw space would become these retail spaces. And so it was about understanding the psychology of the consumer and how to organize it so that they're going to have a good experience. And that also translated to my retail experience and then learning from the amazing people that I work for there as well. So yeah, there's, there's a big presentation element and also just interacting. Like it's that feeling of, you know, trying to understand someone, what they're looking for, what they need, what they like, um, and trying to connect with them in some way. And that can be on a one-on-one basis, which I think, you know, when we're when we're talking digital, that's really what it is. It's about people feeling like you got them and and you understand them and, and you have their back in some way. Uh, and then same thing when you're on TV as well. I mean, ultimately you're being invited into someone's home and and they want an advocate, right? So I think that that's a really important piece. And then I share a love of all products and all things shopping. So that helps too. I can hear your brain moving and kind of like taking like a piece out of like, oh, I understand that. And I'm going to file it over here. And I'm taking this from over here and I'm filing it over here. Like it's like this vast filing cabinet in your brain. So let's take it. I like it. What were the, what were the, the things that came together for you that made you say digital shopping? (laughs) Um, so like my background is pretty unusual. And so I wouldn't say like, it's always been there. I mean, I was a lawyer before, right? So I was a corporate attorney, um, and found my way into content really because I left the law. I was in M&A. I have two law degrees. I was in M&A. I worked in New York. Um, and I, I realized that I I was missing a whole creative piece that I really, I, I think is absolutely so important for me to just like survive. And so I ended up taking on content for people and I was an early adopter when it came to digital. Um, I was on Facebook before people were on Facebook. I was on Twitter. Like I just had that. I, and I still do when something is new and interesting. And I think that leads me to shop squad. Uh, I really need to find out about it, understand it and see where I fit into it. And so what happened with that was I started adopting these things and people started seeing that I was doing them and they were like, can you come can you come help us do that or help us understand it? And then people started hiring me to actually take it over for them. And then lo and behold, I ended up also being asked to present on television and on the radio and all kinds of places. And so, you know, it sort of morphed into not only was I storytelling digitally, but I also was storytelling by actual through presentation. And, you know, I was a host on TSC for a few years and a guest as well on TSC. So I don't know, around seven years with TSC. And I, I love them. Like they were my family and they taught me so, so much, not to mention thousands of hours on, on live national television, but it was seeing how important that shopping process was 
and how having that advocate, being that host, being that eyes, ears, sense of smell, taste was so important for the shopper and how that's missing digitally. So when you go shopping on your computer um, or on your phone or on your laptop or on your or on your tablet or wherever you're shopping. devices. <laughs> and we are all shopping everywhere. Like how many windows yeah. does everyone have open on every device with a few different places that they're shopping? Um, totally. So I, I just realized that that piece was really missing. And it was something that we were toying with and and sort of ideating. And my partner, Vicki Milner, who's the president of the Canadian Arts and Fashion Awards, um, very interested as well in sort of where that, that space was developing, especially within Canada. And we just saw it as a huge opportunity, this idea of augmenting the e-commerce experience, of having that sort of live shopping experience, which... I think we're we, traditionally we're, we think of it in the context of like, you know, the the shopping television, but it can really be anything. And with digital, you have so much flexibility. You have so many different opportunities when it comes to how you slice and dice that content and how you present it. So to me, the excitement was the endless, boundless creativity, the way that it could really enhance a brand message, which like sort of plays into my love of marketing and messaging and content. Um, and then the idea that you could innovate, right? You could push things, you know, if I if I really want to with Shop Squad, we can do a show from, you know, in an airplane. I mean, it really it takes it takes wireless and some great creatives to sort of pull it together, but there's there's really endless opportunity, which means that you can help a brand create the shopping experience that really, really suits their customer base and also plays up their brand strengths. And to me, that's like so super exciting. For for people who might be listening and haven't really dug into like what a digital shopping event is that are kind of now kind of rubbing their heads and going, but I shop online anyways, isn't that the same? Like, how would you, you know, give kind of a a a picture of what this, of like what it is you're talking about? What does it mean for the, the shopper who might log in and stumble across one of these or sees that a brand they love is going to do one. What's the, ex, like, what, what does that experience look like? So I think when it comes to Shop Squad and what we offer is we are a production company and consultancy to help brands put together live shopping shows that they can do through their own outlets, so their own website. And basically we can allow people to shop while watching an actual show and you never actually have to leave the page that you are engaging with that content on. So you're able to you know, peruse and mull over all the different products that are actually being featured in the show or being included in the show in terms of pricing. So maybe there'll be uh, a specific discount or a launch of a product. It really, again, depends on what the brand is looking to do. But it's all about creating community. So bringing the community together, speaking directly to them, which I think is so exciting. And I think that's what I loved about TSC was, you know, being in front of the audience and knowing that I'm actually having a conversation with whoever's watching. Um, you're going to do that as a brand. And then you also have the ability to um, chat as well. So there's a chat bar as well. So a consumer who has a specific question that relates to, I don't know, their sizing, their allergies, I mean, if we could go through a million, whatever it is, they can actually ask and perhaps have those questions answered in real time by the expert and or host that is on air displaying and demonstrating the product. So in terms of the actual consumer experience, it's really watching a show that could be any type of content, an interview, um, a full-on selling demonstration show, a behind-the-scenes show. 
and then also having product that pertains to that content that you can shop. And usually it's at some kind of a special pricing discount, gift with purchase, something like that, because that's how you get people to tune in is you got to give them a reason to show up. The incentive is constant no matter what you're doing. So it's like, I hear dynamic, I hear interactive, I hear like almost like, you know, what you're saying one-on-one. So this, and I know, you know, shop attainment is something that, you know, we've talked about before, which leads me to ask, is shopping then something that's more than just a means to an end? Like, is it something more than just the purchasing of a thing? And if it is, what, what else is it? I mean, I think that answer will definitely be different depending on depending on who you talk to. Like if you talk to my husband, it is a means to an end. (laughs) Um, But I think my uh, husband as well, I'm thinking. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And and a and a means to an end, he would rather not participate in. Um, but you know, I think even in his case, I think in anyone's case, shopping is often about the hunt. So I think there's something about that satisfying looking for something and finally finding it whatever it is that you're looking for. And I think also often it's about connecting with a brand in a really spectacular way because they're they're giving you that thing that you actually want. Or maybe in the best case scenario for the brand, you didn't even know you wanted until you were experiencing the shopping experience. Um, but I think that shopping can be a really amazing way to experience a brand. So I think about, you know, those stores where you walk in, I, and <laughs> I mean, I think of, you know, Abercrombie, not the best example in terms of how they went about it. But, you know, that I remember walking into that store as a teenager and just being like, what is this place? Like it was so like just a holistic experience, top to bottom, right? The the overwhelming cologne, the half naked humans, the yeah, the, the very dim lighting. Yeah, like yeah. there was the, all the the black slate like the slats. I mean, it was so much that was so carefully painstakingly chosen to create this experience. Now that experience was created, I think, you know, had negative social consequences. And also obviously my, my parents would never want to go in there, which was kind of part of the plan. But um, I think like the brand experience when it comes to the store feels so distinctly all about the brand. So a, a consumer gets to experience it in a way that Maybe they wouldn't in any other way, especially when it comes to online and and digital. So from that perspective, I think about bricks and mortar and I think about how over the years I walked in and gotten to sort of be in the brand's world or universe and how interesting that felt. Um, I also think about when you're really hunting for something that you need and you have to go. I remember shopping with friends and they'd be looking for that one dress or those one pair of Palazzo pants or whatever. And so you'd go from store to store and you rifle through all the pants and nope, they're not here. Go to the next one. And then the joy when you finally found that perfect pair. Um, and then I also think it's about being able to try on a whole identity, right? Like you maybe you're that person who always wears a suit every day and then you finally pop into a store finally and you put on that ruffle polka dot dress. I mean, how thrilling and just totally bizarrely wonderful must that feel? So I think it's a really amazing experience for people to try on the brand, try on their own different personalities, explore who they are, express who they are. And all of that's happening beneath the surface because we all sort of take it in through the context of shopping, but there's really a lot going on. And I think that's one of the benefits of sort of that the the live shoppertainment as you as you so aptly mentioned um is that that's sort of bringing that notion of experience 
to e-commerce. Whereas for a lot of us, and I'm, I like already know you're going to be like, mm-hmm, we're just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And you know what's the real difference between one scroll versus the other? It becomes like a really arduous, tedious process. And part of experiencing a brand and part of shopping is that surprise and delight. And so I think that this sort of brings that back or actually injects it into what I find kind of boring a lot of the time when it comes to shopping and that's e-commerce. Well, and two, two things I want to, I want to touch on is one is, you know, we talk about the whole idea of community, which you mentioned before. And what I'm thinking as you're talking about this um, experience of digital shopping is it satisfied those of us who prefer to be a lone gun and like shop alone. And those who like to go in a bit of a pack or, or with a girlfriend or a boyfriend, because you have that dynamicism with the chat, you see what other people are doing, you can be by yourself. So it's, it's creating individuality and community kind of at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I think there's something to be said for when you want to shop online, you can be in your PJs on your couch, uh, eating noodles, just saying, because <laughs> goodness knows that was me yesterday. Not speaking um, from experience. At not all. at all. Not at all. <laughs> um, you know, I think that it is something that is can be done from the comfort of your own home. It is something that can be done on your own time, the way you want to do it. But this is giving you an opportunity to have something to tune in for, to have a community that you can engage with if you want to. Um, and certainly a way to be able to passively enjoy a brand experience if you don't feel like participating in some way. And you're right. Like there are those of us who love to shop in groups. I am a lone wolf. I love to shop on my own because I'm like, I'm on a mission. I'm I'm very quick and I like to shop a lot and you need to have a, like a serious stamina to keep up with me and that's what's going to happen. Um, but this is a way for you to engage with the brand, engage with others, and also be sort of put in a space where you know that there are people that share an interest, right? Or share a passion for a specific brand or type of product. So yeah, I think it does check a lot of boxes for a lot of people. It also makes me think about the democratization that can come across with this, like in terms of it's nimble for brands, whether they're, I mean, resources will always be get resources, but you can be an indie brand. You can be a huge brand. You can be discovering something for the first time. You can be going back to a tried and true, like there is an elasticity there, um, as well as like, I'm sure there's not just one host, like a brand can really um, uh, express and speak to their communities in very specific, inclusive ways. Absolutely. I mean, so Shop Squad in and of itself, we have onboarded hosts that have a variety of interests and expertise. And yeah, I mean, it really is about sort of matching the right brand with the right spokesperson. We also have the ability to uh, come in and that's a consultancy piece, which is train the people that you have within your own brand and make sure that they are, maybe they know those shoes inside and out, but they don't know presentation and sort of how to engage with an audience live, which is a whole other skill set, as you know. Um, so we have the ability to to train them as well. And that's part of our offering from our our company's perspective. But I, I do think that from the democratization like perspective, the idea that brands can speak to an audience and draw an audience 
without having to be massive is so amazing. And I think that there are fledgling brands that never get their voice out there in any major way because it's really hard to do that. But if you can start building that audience in this really connective, amazing way, I mean, who's to say that, that first of all, obviously it's uh, uh, an additional revenue source, but also- yeah, We're just keeping the, the lights on here. We are yes. businesses. We're here to yes. like- hundred percent. Yeah. And by the way, so this is not something that like we thought of. This is something that is absolutely burgeoning and exploding. Um, in China, I'm like, I have a stat, but by 2023, 60% of social commerce dollars will come from live stream shopping. So that's 281 billion dollars. Like that's, I mean, this is cra- like crazy, right? So, and we're getting there, but this, we really feel like we're on the wave as it's cresting. And I think that that's so exciting. Fledgling brands can do this. They can get on board with this and talk to their audience. They can also cross pollinate with other brands. Like there's so much opportunity and you're right. It can be as slick and beautiful and produced as, you know, a QVC show, or it can also be as raw and intimate as you want it to be. So it's that customization, that ability to be creative. It's also the ability to really have a conversation with your consumers in a way that you probably never have before and a way to create excitement, right? Which often isn't easy for a brand. You sort of launch a product. Okay, how do I I get that excitement that we had at the beginning? How do I get it back? And this is a great way to do that. It it sounds like there is this like, like when I, when you were talking about like where it's happening in China, like it is, it is like the train has left the station, like just like, you know, e-commerce, you know, 10 years ago, like it's never, it's never not going to be here. Like this is something that is moving forward. It's coming participate or don't, but it's, it's absolutely something that is on its way. Yeah. I mean, I think I don't think we exactly know where it will end up because I think it is such a a unique, interesting, dynamic format. So from that perspective, I was having a conversation yesterday with another founder and on a Sunday and (laughs) and, you know, it, it was just we were talking about how there's so much that can happen with this. There's so many ways this can move, especially with sort of augmented reality starting to find its its footing in mainstream. Obviously, it's been around for a while, but there's so much happening and there's so much potential. So yes, I think the train has left the station. We're just not sure what the destination is yet. I just know I want on that train. <laughs> and what would you say, like we talked a lot about, you know, being a presenter and you're an advocate for the brand. And, and that is, it seems to me that that is really part of the special sauce that will make this kind of content really, really sing for both the the shopper, the the audience, and for and for the brand. Um, without without giving away your proprietary training, you know, what are some of the things that are essential? Like, what makes a great presenter? Because I feel like you've seen it in your mom as a prof, in your dad as an auctioneer, in your you know being on on camera yourself. What are some of the things that are like non negotiable? Um. I think, again, it probably depends on product brand. You know, I think that that is definitely something you have to always consider in the background. But I think being authentic is something that is no longer optional. 
So in an era of, you know, Snap everywhere and TikTok everywhere and people sort of giving giving away everything, all the secrets, right? Um, you know, how do you make that feta pasta? Well, we all know now because because it's all been shared. And, you know, I think that the idea of sort of holding back in any way, it's, it's just so passe. So I think that's something that's been really helpful for me and has, I think, kept me relevant, right? Uh, I think that, and I think not taking yourself too seriously. I think that that's, you know, look, there are some people that are in positions on camera where they have to take themselves very seriously. And I totally respect that. But, you know, I'm a presenter for Global's National Morning Show. I talk about trend um, and sort of where you can buy trend. I'm not, I'm not curing cancer. I'm not solving any, you know, crazy quantum physics equation. I'm really just talking about ways for people to feel good about themselves and being in some way a translator from someone who loves and understands fashion to people who may not have the time to sit and mull over runway shows. How do we, how do we talk about that? And I think, you know, having a sense of humor, being your authentic self and not taking yourself too seriously are all very, very good places to start. There's a billion other things that need to get done in order for someone, not the least of which is practice. But I think that that is something that I'm seeing in brands where I really respect how they're approaching marketing campaigns or social campaigns. It's that they are being who they are. And that is part of the brand, you know? So gone are the days where everything needs to be slick and perfect. And I even see it in luxury brands sort of breaking down some of those barriers, which I think is super important. Is there a myth about digital shopping that you are like, people, like, this is the thing you need to dispel? And what has led me to this question is I was, I was thinking in my head, is there anything that won't be sold digitally? And I'm thinking, no, I bet everything, like from private jets to sneakers to reselling children's strollers, like there will everything will have a place in the digital landscape at some point. So I think, you know, when you're thinking about it, okay, will everything lend itself to shop retainment? Um, I think some things will be more interesting than others, but that's also based on my own interests, right? One of the things that I was taught, which I thought was a really great lesson from a very smart lady um, named Lauren, uh, is that. While everything may not appeal to me, it appeals to someone out there. And so while I may not tune into a medical devices show, um, because although I might, you never know, um, (laughs) but- uh, Stranger things have happened, right? Like I, I would just—I'm thinking about you know, like I—I I was around with my dad selling all kinds of of interesting things yeah. and categories, not the least of which is textile machinery. Um, but like you know, the people that are in that industry or the people that have those interests, for them, that will be absolutely pertinent and relevant and exciting. So I think any space where somebody would love to have more access to what they're shopping than what they have in a two-dimensional scroll, this can be helpful. And no, it doesn't have to be all, you know, jokes and contests and I don't know, hearts, you know, but it it, uh, it can definitely be something that can be a bit more serious. And I think we will see it move into all kinds of different industries that we wouldn't necessarily typically associate with shopping shows, 
Um, it may look different and feel a little bit different than what I would seek out, but I think anyone who's in that industry would find it really helpful. And then think of it on a, a larger scale, sort of the globalization of, of e-commerce, the idea that I may want to shop that private jet. That sounds amazing, by the way. Um, so, right. Right. So, (laughs) but, but I can't get there. Right. So how do I go and have that, that shopping experience without actually physically being there? And this is an amazing way to do that. And in in some cases, maybe, you know, it'll be worth it to do it because the commodity is so expensive that it can be a private shopping experience, right? So I think that there's a lot of different ways that this can be twisted and turned to suit the industry, to suit the consumer, and then of course, just suit the brand. And I'm just, uh, as like kind of a final thought, what like is exciting me as we're talking is it's not just about the what, like what is the product, but it's so much about the why. Like so many brands now have such fascinating, relevant, interesting information that led up to why they have created whatever their creation is, whether it's a blender or earrings or a kind of shoe. And it's that, that why that is so much a part of the, like, I didn't like, I didn't know that was a thing that the soles of that shoe could do that. So my knees don't hurt. Like that is the part of the piece that I think we've never been able to get in bricks and mortar retail for a while as, you know, training for sales staff becomes different. And we could talk all about, you know, the democ- the, 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 the dissolving of the expertise in retail, but that ability to get that juicy expertise of the why is like what's given me the goosebumps right now. I mean, it really is an amazing way to learn about whatever it is that you're going to spend your hard earned money on. And I think that that's something that you know, look, it's kind of forcing brands to, you know, demonstrate value, which I think is amazing because for the most part, there is value, inherent value to someone out there in that product. And, and I think to have a, basically a a medium, a, a place where you can actually voice the important, juicy, as you said, ideas about the brand or about the actual functionality of a product or how it can fit into your life or how it can fit into your style. I think all of those things become very possible. And I think it's so interesting that you touched on the bricks and mortar thing because like I often find, and I don't know if anyone else out there is like this, but I'll walk into a store, although less now, much less now, um, I'll walk into a store and I don't really want to interact. I don't, I find it overwhelming. And I think part of that is you're already experiencing so much, right? Lights and music and smells and rows and racks and colors. And there's just like a lot going on. And so you can't really absorb it at your own rate. And that means that when someone walks over to you and they're like, hey, how's it going? And you're like, oh my God, I don't know. Please don't ask me a question right now. I'm taking in everything. Um, I think that part of the nice thing about the shopper team world is you get to sort of take it in at your own pace and in the comfort of wherever, whether you're riding the subway or sitting at your office. And I'm sorry if you are and it's late at night um, or, you know, if you're early riser, whenever it is that that goes live, because these are live presentations, you get to take it in how you want to, where you want to. And, you know, I think there's something to be said for having that kind of like distance, but also closeness. It's that really nice balance. And I think it checks the box of the person who 
likes all of that, right? They want all of that. They just give me more, more stories about the brand, more feelings from the brand, give it all to me. And I think there's lots of people like that. And then there's some people who just want to know, like, where does this fit in my life? How do I fit this on my body? Or, you know, how does the, I don't know, the blade work in that blender? Um, And then I think it's also just a really nice place to feel comfortable and to be able to get to know a brand. So not only can be a shopping experience, but a, a time where you can invest at your own sort of very comfortable space um, in a brand in a really nice way. So for people who are like, I'm ready to shop, like, how do they like, where, where is shop squad? How do I follow you? Like, and I imagine there is like, it's the responsibility of the brand to advertise that they're doing this event. So if there's a brand you love, follow them wherever they ask you to follow them so that they can tell you if they're doing this. But if people want to follow you and find out about more about what Shop Squad is doing, and we'll put these in the notes below, where can they find you, Lise? Uh, so I would say any Shop Squad show that we will be doing, you will find out through Shop Squad as well. So we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, uh, we're on Pinterest, we're on YouTube, but really I think Instagram is a, a safe bet. So Shop Squad official, underscore official. Um, you can always come check out whatever I'm doing because I still, I'm going to be on TV. You know, <laughs> I'm still working with Global quite frequently um, on their national morning show. Uh, you can follow me at Style on all of the platforms. That's L-K-I-S-S-T-Y-L-E everywhere. Um, and yeah, I, I think your favorite brands are going to be moving in this direction. So I think it is about watching and seeing how this evolves for some of the brands that you know and love. And then also going to explore the ones that you haven't yet discovered because I think that this is really the way of the future. And uh, yeah, and Shop Squad is right there in the mix. Lisa, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you, Donna Bishop. I'm so excited. <laughs> this is so much fun. And honestly, I could talk all day about fashion and shopping, but yeah, I'll, I'll settle with this. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. I would love to connect with you on social. You can find me at Fashion Talks Pod on Instagram is the best place. If you have a moment to rate and review Fashion Talks on Apple Podcasts, I would so appreciate it. It helps other people find the podcast. A big thank you to CAFA, the Canadian Arts and Fashion Awards, uh, the producing partner with Fashion Talks. You can find out more about CAFA and all the other things we've talked about today in the show notes. Until next time, thank you so much for joining me. Bye. Bye.